What's going on, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks here with Big Travi and the woman behind the glass, Chelsea Lee Byers. And we're talking the top quarterbacks in this NFL draft. And we're going to sneak in a couple of tight ends as well. So stay tuned right here on the Fantasy Whispers. It's Monday, April 22nd. It's Earth Day, and you're listening to the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. Earth Day, huh? Hey, that's, is it, that was a, that's a great little nugget right there. Is it still called Arbor Day, too? No, it's a different day. Oh, yeah. Shows dude. You how much I recycle. <laughs> Unreal, dude. <laughs> yeah, you almost you offended Chelsea there. Like, she was like on you, dude. Don't, don't get the two days mixed up. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Today's Earth Day. You should listen to the little Dickie Earth song and uh, celebrate. All right. Hey, maybe he'll come on the show. Wouldn't that be great? It would be. All right. So we're talking the NFL draft is coming up, Travis, this week. And all the anticipation, all the excitement, all the unknown will finally be revealed. But before we get there. We still have to go over probably one of the most important positions in general, and that's the quarterback position. Travis, I know we're not entirely excited about this class overall, but we've got a good uh, couple of prospects in this class that we want to talk about. So we're going we're gonna to go through those top four guys for you, break it down for Whisper Nation, and then we're going to jump into these uh, tight ends that we think – have the potential to be big splashes in the NFL, not only this season, but moving forward. Yeah, that's right. And if you're prepping for the draft, you're listening to this episode, go back and listen to our wide receiver, our running back episodes as well. We're breaking down these prospects for you, talking about what they can bring to the table, not just for real fantasy, but for fa- uh, for real football, but for fantasy football. And uh, so you'll be able to kind of pick through those guys. And then when they land somewhere on draft night, you'll have that preparation. You'll know where they're going. And whether or not you'll have that step ahead uh, for for your league I'm this year. I'm looking forward to looking back through those episodes after the draft and seeing how accurate your guys' uh, picks were. Because yeah. you kind of made some guesses about where these guys were going to go. And it'll be fun to listen back after uh, the draft even and see how accurate you were. Yeah, it's like, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. now Chelsea's going to go dissect all of our... Our stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, the mad lab or the mad scientist getting back into the lab. That's right. Hey, <laughs> but that reminds me, Travis, right after the draft, we will be getting back in the lab. We are going to get to work on the 2019 NFL draft or fantasy football draft kit that will be coming out. We will have a release date. We're going to have some kind of big party to celebrate the release date. Uh, so please stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow us on all platforms. We are now on Spotify as well. You can find our podcast there. So that's super exciting. And if all of that seems like too complicated and going to too many sites, just go to the fantasywhispers.com. We've got links to everything right there on our homepage, as well as articles going up consistently. All of our videos will be on there as well as our podcast. So please check it out. That's the fantasywhispers.com. All right, Travis, are you ready? I'm ready, man. Chelsea, I'm also ready. are you? Oh, oh, I was. Chelsea's like, <laughs> that's how I know. Like, Chelsea's like, already get, let's go. All right. <laughs> let's jump into this first prospect 
one of our favorites, uh, and um, that is a little bit biased here, tra- uh, Travis. Oklahoma's quarterback, Kyler Murray, sits 5'10". Yes, he actually did measure in 5'10 at the Combine. 207 pounds, a little bit heavier than what he played in college. Travis, in Kyler Murray's career, or, or I should say last year when he played for the Oklahoma Sooners, he had a 69% completion uh, percentage with only seven interceptions, which is really, really nice when you're when you're talking about how much he threw the ball. He had 1,000 yard, 1,001, excuse me, let me correct myself, yards rushing and 12 rushing touchdowns, which as a fantasy owner, you just absolutely love that aspect. But Travis, before I break down even more of my uh, analysis on him and what I want to see from him in the NFL, why don't you give me your opinion on Kyler Murray? Because I know you have some really strong opinions that we've been talking back and forth getting prepped for the show. Yeah, well, you know, Johnny, obviously you're a Cardinals fan. A lot of the members of our League of Record, the only league that matters are some Cardinals fans in there as well. And so what we get to hear a lot is, well, we have Rosen, we have a quarterback, we shouldn't be taking Kyler Murray. This is the kind of system, you know, this is the kind of situation where you're like, you know, looking at what, you know, the grass is greener. And in this case, I kind of think it is, Johnny, I think the way he fits this system, we've talked about it before with Cliff Kingsbury. I just want to look at the guy and what he did last year. He was top two in all of the class, the quarterback class last year, in adjusted completion percentage. That's versus the blitz and versus pressure. So all three of those categories. He went 260 for 377, 4,364 yards, and 42 touchdowns. Also took home that Heisman Trophy. This guy has a smooth, fluid motion, flick of the wrist, very accurate in tight windows. And if you're looking at last year, Baker Mayfield came out of the draft graded by Pro Football Focus as a 94.6. Kyler Murray's grade by Pro Football Focus this year, a 94.6. We're talking about clutch throws or throws to the sticks, throws to move the chains and get first downs. The last few years that Pro Football Focus has been looking at these clutch or big-time throws, they've graded Baker as the best over the last few years, Kyler as second, and Patrick Mahomes as third. So you're talking about a guy with great company coming out of college. If he gets with a guy like Cliff Kingsbury who can run the right system and be very you know, intuitive with his offense, you're going to talk about a guy that can really hit that next level. And that's the difference. Yes, you could say his size matters. For me, the size only matters if he's going to run stupid. Mm-hmm. If he runs smart and he looks to throw, which is what Kyler's done in his career, run to look to pass down the field and not take the big hits. That's where the size matters to me. Other than that, this guy is solidly graded as a passer, also graded better than Baker as a runner. So now you're looking at a guy that really is the wild card. If we thought Baker was a wild card last year, Kyler is an extreme wild card because he can really go next level here. Yeah, a couple of things that I really like diving deeper into Kyler's uh you know, just background. He was a five-star player coming out of high school where he won three state championships. So he won in high school. He's won in the, you know, NCAA. I know they didn't win the championship overall, but I mean, he played very, very well. He was second in the FBS in touchdown passes with 40. He was third in the FBS uh, in passing yards and a, a really big thing that I like. Okay. Two or two big things, right? 10.4 four yards per attempt which you really like that especially talking about 
you know, the offensive scheme that he could be get, coming into with Kyle, with uh, Kingsbury, as well as like, let's look at the where he ranks as far as in the red zone and out of the red zone. Right. So in when he's outside the red zone, he threw for 72 uh, percent completion percentage for set 22 touchdowns and only five interceptions. And then in the red zone, this is great. 51%, 20 touchdowns, and two interceptions. So he really can hold on to the ball, doesn't make a lot of turnovers in the red zone, which you really, really like. And Travis, it's it's a it's crazy. I keep going back and forth, and I it's hard for me not to put my fandom into this as a Cardinals fan. And, you know, if he goes to the Cardinals, I will say this. This is unbiased. We've seen rushing quarterbacks and what they can do. I have no problem taking Kyler Murray if he goes to the Cardinals and that offensive scheme and knowing what I know about Cliff Kingsbury's system, Kyler Murray will be fantasy relevant. I said this on last year's show about Baker Mayfield, and I am doubling down again on this Oklahoma Sooner quarterback and saying Kyler Murray will be a fantasy uh starting quarterback if he goes to the Arizona Cardinals this year. I will have no problem taking him in the draft. Right on. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. And I think that's kind of the case here. You know, Kyler Murray is this tier above. And then as we get to talk to these next prospects, you're going to see there's kind of a lot more question marks with these guys. So speaking. Speaking of what did she say? Siri, Siri wanted to give her two cents. Oh, on the, wow. On Kyler Murray. Creepy as hell. <laughs> that was I didn't summon you. Uh no, so Dwayne Haskins is our next prospect here, Johnny. And so the question marks start with Dwayne Haskins. He was Ohio State's quarterback, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-one pounds. He wasn't top five in any category except for adjusted completion percentage, where he was ranked number five with seventy-seven point one on the season. But conversely, you look at his average depth of target, it was nine point two. Right. So he was ranked 42nd in the nation. So was this more about the Oklahoma or I'm sorry, the Ohio State wide receivers that he had around him? When I watch his film, Johnny, I see a lot of dump offs, a lot of screen crossing routes where these guys are taking it to the house and making him look really good. You look at Dwayne Haskins. He was more of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of guy. He had a grade of 90.7 versus clean pockets. And then when he was pressured, he had, it dropped all the way to 55.7. So you're talking about a guy that really was two different people. If everything's perfect and you get him a great line and great wide receivers and and you get him in the right system, he's going to be fine. But the minute you have to throw him off his block, you're talking about his accuracy percentage dipping down to 38.7 when moved off of his drop back. Yep. So he can work through his progressions, and he's really good at the intermediate throws, right? So he gets a lot of comps to Nick Foles or to Sam Bradford. But for me, he's going to have to get into a perfect fit to really make a difference in the NFL. And for me, like if he sits behind Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, they have they always draft a good line. They always have a run game and they usually draft wide receivers. Well, he could be in the right system there and, you know, sit there behind and be the heir apparent to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, for me, a couple of things that really jumped off the page, right? He was 373 for 533 attempts, so that's 70% completion percentage. He threw for 4,831 yards and 50 touchdowns and eight only eight interceptions in the Big Ten. So the Big Ten is considered one of the best defenses uh, you know, in the NCAA. And so knowing that he threw 50 touchdowns is 
insane, right? His hype should be way more than it is. But again, when you start diving into the tape, like you said, he gets consistently um, inaccurate throws when he's pressured. Even on quick slants or quick screens, he struggles if the pressure is coming at him too fast. Something I didn't like when I was watching his tape, he seems to, he goes through his progressions, but Ohio State, what they do is they limit the field to one side, right? So it limits the progressions. You have a lot quicker, shorter progressions. Instead of having to, you know, go through the entire field and read your progressions, which takes some more time, he wasn't doing that. So I, I have some concerns there. However, if he gets into a, an offensive scheme that is like a West Coast offense, then that's not really going to matter too much because it'll be a quick three-step and it's out, and he can do the dump-offs. That's, you know, he was accurate with those. Um, so with that being said, I am not really excited about Dwayne Haskins. I don't care where he goes. I do <laughs> won't be drafting him at all <laughs> yeah and uh i just think he's overhyped there are some things that you really yeah you do like you like the uh, you know the offensive touchdowns that he scored he was first in fbs touchdown passes first in fbs passing yards tied for fifth in fbs completions but sometimes the numbers lie or you can dictate those numbers to say what you want and I feel like that's the case for him. So he makes me really, really nervous. I do think that on draft day, he will be the quarterback that really slides further than a lot of people think, uh, you know, he's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I just look at all those wide receivers for Ohio state. Like we were talking about, I mean, running, like, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a lot of these guys ran four threes, you know, so we're looking at guys that were very talented around him and uh, it was a talented bunch. That line was really great. So, Dwayne Haskins, was he just more of a product of the system? That's the question. Yeah, and I and I, unfortunately think so. Um, yeah. All right, so going on to the next quarterback, we've got Drew Locke out of Missouri, 6'4", 228 pounds. Travis, this is more of a prototypical quarterback that you're used to seeing, you know, or the prototypical, as they say. He was 62.9 completions, 20, 275 of 437 pass attempts. He threw for 3,498 yards, 28 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Each quarterback here seems to have a pattern. They go down in yards per attempt, and he only had eight. He did add 175 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the ground, but he's not really known as a running or scrambling quarterback. He was a four-year starter, Travis, which you really, really like. And back in 2017, he established a conference single-season passing record for touchdowns with 44. However, Travis, before I talk more about the bad, because I don't want to be the Debbie the Downer, do you have any positives to talk about Drew Locke? Yeah, I do like Drew Locke. There's a lot of throws he makes that are big-time, you know, wow throws. But the problem is is he's toggling between those big-time and wow throws with very easy misses that he hits. Um, He's got a powerful arm, a quick release, and he he draws a lot of NFL comps to guys from the NFC North days, uh, Jake Cutler and Matt Stafford. So he's getting those comps uh, because those guys are similar. They can wow you with big throws and then turn around and throw a decent amount of interceptions. So he is not funda- fundamentally sound as you'd like coming out of college, especially for a four-year starter. He's got you know footwork issues, and he doesn't recover well when he makes these mistakes in the pocket. So 
I'm optimistic, though, because he did improve every year as a starter. Mm -hmm. So his numbers went up and he seemed to buy in. He obviously wasn't replaced in the four years. So they saw something they liked there. I think he's going to have to sit behind a veteran and get a good coach and that will work on his feet work. Yeah, uh, on his on his footwork. I just think of Aaron Rodgers, uh, not him, not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. But when Aaron Rodgers, be careful there. When Aaron Rodgers came in, that you know, his release was a question, his footwork was a question, and Mike McCarthy really did the work to break him of those habits. If you get a coach lined up here with Drew Locke that can work on those, um, you know, little things, this guy has the arm to make any throw in the NFL. So it's really going to be about fundamentals and footwork, and if he can do that. I think of the New York Giants or the Los Angeles Chargers as nice fits where he can sit behind guys that are aging, that are on their way out, learn the fundamentals, learn the footwork, get coached up by an offensive guy in Pat Shermer or in Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I really like him going to the Chargers. I think that's a great landing spot. Sit behind Phillip Rivers, learn the fundamentals from Phillip Rivers. You mentioned the, which I really want to touch on, the TD to interception radio ratio that uh, he threw 99 touchdowns to 39 interceptions. That's definitely got to come down. He was tied for 20th in FBS and touchdown passes with 25, 21st in FBS passing yards, and tied for 41st in the FBS completions with 63. Now we can see those numbers jump up depending on you know offensive lines, his wide receivers, things like that. But when you look at his red zone, you know what he did in the red zone, he was 38%, 14 touchdowns and four interceptions. So there are some things, Travis, like you like you mentioned, that there are some nice things here. There are some tangible pieces that you can certainly work with. But I want he's got a lot of learning to do, and it, he's got to go to a situation where he's not going to be thrown into the starting situation this year because he has a lot of learning to do. Speaking of learning, Travis, our next quarterback, Daniel Jones, probably did from, a lot of learning. Well, to do. Well, yeah, because he he was he's six five, two hundred and twenty one pounds. He has really been rising up people's draft boards, Travis. He learned, you know, driving back to that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he learned from and and worked under David Cutliffe, who uh, from Duke, who's the head coach, who is known for being a quarterback whisperer and and getting the best out of his quarterbacks. Whisper, whispers. <laughs> um, he had he played in eleven games, which uh, last year he had, um. 65 a 60.5 completion percentage 237 for 392 passing attempts he threw for 2674 yards 22 touchdowns and nine interceptions he had a measly and this is terrible travis a measly 6.8 yards per attempt so i'm just going to say this right now i really really hope he goes to the giants and that's where he he's rumored to go is to the Giants because I think this guy would pair very, very well with Saquon Barkley, and this would solidify Saquon to me as the number one back in this next year's draft because the Daniel Jones struggles with his down-the-field accuracy. There are some other efficiency problems that he has. I'll let you break down those. So I don't give away all the secrets here, but 
for me, the best fit for Daniel Jones is the New York Giants and pairing with Saquon and Evan Ingram. Yeah, you bring up his deficiencies, Johnny. I think it's more of like a system. Look at Dwayne Haskins. We say Dwayne Haskins was great because of the people around him. I look at Daniel Jones and I say, were his deficiencies because of the talent or lack of talent around him at Duke? And so for me, he was pressured more than any other quarterback. And by a wide margin, he had 154 pressures last year. So that offensive line was not helping him out in any way, shape or form. This guy has strong really a strong base very balanced he makes these tough throws with defenders draped all over him um and i think he has solid footwork which he probably learned a lot from cutliff as you mentioned he will benefit from pro grooming like a new york giants where he can sit behind someone for at least an extended period of time three more years apparently three more years is what they're saying eli can last (laughs) i don't know about uh, that one no i don't either I would be shocked if Eli made it through the rest of this. <laughs> this um, offseason? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be shocked, uh, yeah, I, I no. would be shocked. Oh, uh, you would be <laughs> Look out for that, Whisper hey. Nation. We got a I would be shocked show coming. This hey, off-season. don't give away all the secrets there. You gotta... yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The woman Anyways, behind uh... the glass can do what she wants. You can't. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'm surprised I'm still on the show, to be honest. Or is that, is this what this is? Am I training my replacement? Possibly. Is this a takeover? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned. Um, no. So back to Daniel Jones. I think he has an above average release. I think he comps well to a Ryan Tannehill or Nick Foles. Not a wow comp, but you got, if you had Tannehill or Nick Foles in a, you know, Nick Foles obviously won the Super Bowl in the right system was a Super Bowl MVP in the right system. If Tannehill got to like New England or something where he could be in a system, I think that he could he could do some things in in the right system. And so like with Daniel Jones, I, I feel the same way. If he's put in an offensive minded uh, system and actually has better talent than he ever had at Duke, which he will because yeah. everybody's in the NFL. So um, I, I'd, I'd be excited to see what Daniel Jones could do in the NFL. Yeah, he definitely has some very, very intriguing aspects to his game. And I think that the footwork is a little concerning to me as far as he's got solid footwork. But because of that offensive line was so bad, you often saw him last year kind of do the Jay Cutler, you know, like quick relying on his arm more. And I'm nervous that because he has that, he could develop muscle memory of being because you saw him kind of like shot put it's like some some passes there which which kind of concerned me but as long as he can get some time he can develop he is actually my second favorite quarterback on the board and I I do like everything that you can work with the size the the ability his arm strength he just needs to get a little bit more accurate and push the ball down the field a little bit more but again if you get the right playmakers around him which I think the Giants have the right playmakers to make him successful so I'm I'm really intrigued by him but well, speaking of playmakers Johnny and intrigue, I'm excited for our uh our next guy this is where we're going to move into the tight ends a little bit so I want to bring up TJ Hawkinson from Iowa, six foot five, two hundred and fifty-one pounds. This is basically the most unanimous tight end uh, one coming out of everybody's mock drafts. This is the guy. The question marks come from behind Hawkinson because um, this guy is solid. He led the nation in yards per route run, two point two one. 
He's a very nuanced route runner. He's very elite in uh, the contested catch category. He plays a lot faster than his 4.740 time at the combine. You can see it on the tape. I mean, I look at the comps that NFL.com put out. It was, you know, Kittle, George Kittle. Yeah. I look at the comps that, you know, draft scouts on the other side, CBS Sports put out. It's Travis Kelsey. So whether or not they're they're accurate in their comps, whatever, these are high names to be coming, uh, you know, be putting with, especially fantasy wise. These are the top of the tier at a very, you know, depleted position. I think he, you know, probably comps a little bit better to Kittle because of his route running and pro football focus graded Kittle 91.4 coming out of college. They graded TJ Hawkinson at an 89.3. So they're very similar in that regard. They're both really good run blockers. Uh, TJ Hawkinson projects to come out between the sixth and 20th pick. I really like the fit of Tennessee there. Yeah, that's um, a great. You know, you see Delaney Walker on his way out. They want to run the ball. Delaney Walker yeah. using his walker <laughs> on his way out, dude. Hawkinson's going to make him use the yeah, walker. Yeah, dude. I'm just. Uh, but yeah, I think what Tennessee wants to do, they're talking about building the offense around Derrick Henry. What better uh, secondary weapon behind Derrick Henry than a TJ Hawkinson? a tight end over the middle and is he is an elite run blocker. Oh my Way, gosh. One of the best we've seen coming out of the draft in a while at the tight end position. So put that with Tennessee. I think that would be great. I've also seen TJ Hawkinson going to green Bay in a couple mock drafts. Wouldn't be upset with that. I think we need more defense, but, uh, uh, I mean, that would be fun, too. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Unfortunately, I wouldn't get too excited over him going to the Green Bay Packers. We keep saying and keep trying to force a tight end over there to Aaron Rodgers, but he just doesn't use it that often. We haven't seen it. Only brand new coach. First coach he's ever had. Right. And, you know, but Aaron Rodgers is going to make the reads that Aaron Rodgers wants him to make. And he's never used a tight end. So and even last year, the tight end position for the Tennessee Titans wasn't really utilized all that much either. So for me, I hope he doesn't go to the Green Bay Packers because I don't think he would be fantasy relevant there. But what I want to say is, like, I, I want to reiterate how excellent of a run blocker this guy is. Like, he's quick. He's agile. He can get to his guy to block him quickly. He knows how to position his body in the right way to take on massive defenders. He can literally plow you over. He pancaked several guys in college at the next level when it gets to the linebacker position. So you really like what he does there. And he has soft hands. He has the ability to make those nice, you know, slip, uh, you know, blocks and then and then get downfield. And so for me, I do like TJ Hawker, uh, Hawkinson. Um, I really do like the idea of him going to a Tennessee or and here's the other thing. I my comp that I like a little bit more is more of a Greg Olson comp and I'll tell you why Travis because the nice thing about Greg Olson and the thing that made him so valuable as a tight end was that he could block really well and he was really good as as a pass catcher as well when you're in the NFL it, it, if you block that's what keeps you on the field that's why you that's why uh, Greg Olson is always on the field because he can literally do both. And I can see TJ uh, Hawkinson staying on the field a lot, which more on the field equals more opportunities. And so I like the opportunities that could present Hawkinson, depending on where he ends up landing. It will be interesting. 
I agree. And like on the, you know, moving on to his teammate, Noah Fant, they both played at Iowa. And I think Noah Fant is a freak athlete, but there is a reason why Hawkinson is in this tier above. And that's because you look at Fant, who had, you know, six foot four, 249 pounds, has the great build, but uh, had 11 of uh, 11 drops out of 80 catchable balls last year. So. Yeah, he does have an issue with the drops, but you're talking about an athlete. Like NFL GMs and scouts love these freakish athletes. And you saw, you know, 39 receptions on 61 targets, 519 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, a nice 13.3 yards per uh, reception. He played basketball and track in high school, which you really, really like. He had a 4.540 time. Three cone drill was 6.81, which was first. 20-yard shuttle, 4.22, which was third. And the three-cone drill um, was 6.8, which was first. I don't know if I repeated that stat or not. But <laughs> needless to say. Really he, like the yeah, three-cone three yeah. drill. Um, <laughs> so this is the big stat that I like before we move on to our third and final tight end. Nine targets in the red zone, Travis, where he caught five touchdowns. So you throw this ball up there in the red zone and Noah has the ability to go and get it. If he goes to the right situation where they need a tight end, you know, maybe in New Orleans, I could definitely see Noah Fant being super fantasy relevant. He's got the athletic ability to do so. Speaking yeah, of I think Fant will be a guy that will be relevant a little bit later on. Right. As yes. Hawkinson could come in and make an impact right away. Hundred percent agree. But probably the most exciting guy that I'm excited about, even for this year's fantasy relevance, is uh, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama, 6'2", 242 pounds, Travis, 44 receptions on 60 targets. So he's pretty reliable in the reception area. 710 receiving yards with seven touchdowns. He had a very nice 16.1 yards per care, uh, yards per reception. His dad played in the NFL. His uncle played in the NFL. So he's got that, uh, you know, family gene of playing in the NFL. He's a physical competitor, elite pass catcher, crisp route runner, and not a whole lot of time as a starter, which is pretty much my only concern with him. He's really good at blocking. He's not as good as uh, Hawkinson, but he's very solid. I think three years down the road, this guy could be the most prolific tight end to come out of this draft, and I really hope the Cardinals get him with the 33rd pick. Boom, that just happened. <laughs> well, Irv, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Johnny. Um, I don't know how much of an impact he'll make. I don't particularly love his size. He doesn't have great size, but he is a great down-the-field athletic tight end, so he can really stretch you know, the field, go down the seam. And so if you get him in the right with the right quarterback that could put it right on the spot for him, yeah, he could make a big difference for sure. All right, so that wraps up today's show. But before we end it, we got to kick it over to the woman behind the glass, Chelsea Lee Byers, to tell us what we messed up. I think you guys killed it today. It was a really fun episode. Uh, I just wanted to jump in and say something about Kyler Murray because I feel mm. like I'm late to understanding how awesome this guy actually is. Uh, and it's really spectacular to know that he was already drafted by a major league sport in yeah. baseball with the yeah. Oakland Athletics drafting him in the 2018 MLB draft. Um, he plays outfielder, so you talked about like his ability to uh, – drill a pass at somebody um and like really narrow in his outfielder capabilities seem like a part of that also and you mentioned how stellar his uh, high school career was but i didn't understand quite how stellar he literally did not lose a game all of high school yeah 43 and zero he's uh, a winner career yeah it's pretty amazing so 
um, just kind of geeking out over Kyler Murray and as a Cardinals fan, uh, kind of excited. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, let me ask you this. Um, there are some people that have their concern. Are you concerned with the fact that he could at any point go and just play baseball? I think we thought about that with Russell Wilson this whole time. And yeah, that's a great, him. It just, yeah. uh, I think it's like showing the true dedication he has to the sport and good for him. If he can go play another sport at any time, if he chooses to do so, I think, you know, good for him. Uh, but will he do that? I think it sounds like he's already made his choice and he wants to be a football player. He's going to enter into the NFL draft and he wants to find a team for himself. So let's see that happen. Yeah, I think you could initially have that concern, obviously, right? But I think when you look at, you know, football versus baseball, and I'm not trying to knock baseball. I love baseball. But football seems to be more of that team sport, more of that, yeah. like, we're going to come together as a unit and the quarterback come together is the one. <laughs> right now over me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the quarterback's the guy that brings all those guys together. He's singing the song that Johnny just, uh, you know, killed right yeah now. it sounded like um, a combination of Fergie and so and jesus so for me i look at you know russell wilson like chelsea said and i look at what he chose to do he would rather be a big time leader put all the pressure on his back and i kind of think that's what kyler wants to do here i think he wants to follow in those kind of footsteps yes baseball is a love it was a love before football but i think he found a true love in football um and i i'm excited to see where this guy goes and it's funny because I just hear the, both sides from Cardinals fans excitement. Yeah. And then they, you know, oh, we don't need Kyler Murray. We've got Josh Rosen. I just yeah. don't understand how you could not want this guy. Josh Rosen is great and would have probably been graded a lot better than, a, you know, most, if not all of these quarterback prospects in this draft. But Kyler Murray is a guy that can touch a level that Josh Rosen could never touch. And yeah. that's my, that's my opinion. I, I so. agree with that. I, I definitely, which is why I keep flip flopping on whether I really want him or not, because I'm on one of those bandwagons. You know, I understand what what we have in Josh Rosen and and what we've invested, and then at, but at the same time, it's like you see the potential and what he could do, and it's hard not to be enamored with Kyler Murray and all of the things that he can do and that what this tape says and shows. So it will be interesting for sure. I cannot wait until the NFL draft. Literally getting so excited. But Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think about all these top four quarterback positions and where you want them to land. Or what about these tight ends? Are you willing to take any of them in a redraft league? Let us know in the comments below. As always, please take care and check us out on social media. Check us out on Instagram. Search the Fantasy Whispers as well as on our Facebook and YouTube page, as well as if that stuff is all too, too much work, just go over to the fantasywhispers.com. We have everything on there for you, ready to go, and be on the lookout for our 2019 fantasy football draft kit that will be coming out shortly. Until next time, that's Big Travi. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's the woman before, behind the glass, Chelsea Lee Byers. Take it easy, Whisper Nation. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.